Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thursday Live Lesson. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. I am joined by my colleagues, Mr. Aaron, the voice now. What's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Ferguson. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? We also have a very, very, very special guest today. We were kind of keeping up with this uh, kind of OGs from the Ukulele Underground. So we have <laughs> Mr. Brad Bordessa in the house. Say what's up, Brad? That's it. Hey. Oh, the so, Brad... <laughs> there, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Brad is a um, is a resident from the Big Island of Hawaii, and um, he runs a website called Live Ukulele, which has been around pretty much as long as we've been around. So, OG, why don't you tell the uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Brad? Well, I'm from Big Island. Um, kind of started playing ukulele when I was around twelve. And got hooked with the bug, got in kind of in the Hawaiian scene, surprisingly, um, just because of who I am. But that's just the music I ended up playing and <laughs> fell in love with it and studied with the Kahumoku family and Herbota Jr. and James Hill along the way at various workshops. And have just, you know, kind of grown with my skills into the web world and tried to share share everything I've learned online through the website as best as possible. And moved on to teaching workshops um, for Uncle George Kahumoku on Maui and then the Hawaii Island Ukulele Retreat, Ray Lane to Man, and different things here. And I can say that I have taught internationally now because I oh. taught a workshop in Germany over a weekend. Oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. Do you fun. speak German? No, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do the workshop Nine. in German? <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs> so I say OG Ukulele Underground member because uh, um, you, you've been on the forum since like the, you know, the first year also. You were a hippie guy on the forums. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, uh, and, and I remember that, you know, that, that banner, that live ukulele banner. It was, you know, it was under your, it was in your signature. So, um, when, was it the first year? Am I, am I correct with that? Uh, when I did feel you join like, ukulele underground? well, it's, it's been, I mean, I was right, right there at the beginning for ukulele underground. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but then as far as my website, I think, I think, um, it's been lots of different versions. So there was like the 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 low level. I think it was called picking it up. It wasn't even live ukulele at the time. Oh, really? Picking it up was <laughs> before you guys, and then maybe the real site came after, just mm. right after. So tell tell us about live ukulele and what what can they expect from the site? Well, live ukulele is just a home for um, all my teaching resources because I teach in person and at workshops and things. And most of the time, what I'm teaching at those places, I try and also bring onto the website through different um, materials and sheets and resources. And, you know, there's 260, 270 pages of just written lessons and lots of videos to accompany accompany them, along with my ebooks, which are kind of my um, flagship study guides and, and materials that I, I share with folks. Right on, man. Right on. So what do you uh, what do you mainly focus on? Because I know, you know, you've, you've studied under guys who kind of uh, focus on like on tone and like and just playing clean in general yeah uh, my thing is fundamentals i was mm. i was told long long ago by herbo to junior when i was kind of the the hot rod young kid trying to learn all the stuff <laughs> and play all the fancy things it's like brad brad you you have the the fundamentals you just need to practice the basics you just need mm-hmm. to practice the basics mm. and so i took took that to heart and just kind of backed way off and now that's what i try and share with everybody is that mm-hmm. you know no matter where you're at on the skill spectrum you still have to pick a note that's and true. even if that's and you know everybody plays quarter notes so the quality mm-hmm. of those quarter notes can be improved you know infinitely mm-hmm. so that's that's sort of my thing is i'm always i actually just did a video about this but it's like chill out people chill out you're trying to do too <laughs> yes. much just you know yeah just because take, take a, a lot of people like go to the route of the, a lot of people are inspired by like Jake and, and these like very dynamic guys and stuff. But then you name guys like Herb Ulta and the Kahumokus and stuff. That's pretty much the other side of the spectrum where they're like super duper mellow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole idea is not nahi music, right? They're trying yeah, to nahi nahi music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron actually told me that you were, uh, you were, uh, you were, you were part of like a Slacky festival over there in, in the Big Island as well, or are you participate in the Slacky stuff? Um, not Slacky so much. There was a Slacky workshop for many years that was held down in Pahala, which is way in the middle of nowhere in the south of the island. Um, and I went to that kind of as as a budding musician for many many years. That's since um, ceased to kind of happen. But I kind of you know went from workshop student, scholarship student. Mm-hmm. And worked my way up through the ranks, and towards the end there, I was actually one of the teachers, which was so so wild because oh, you know it's like <laughs> Uncle Sonny Lim and Uncle Dennis Kamakahi and yeah, Herbert Jr. Some legends, yeah, yeah. just ev- everybody was there. It's like I can't believe I'm on the t-shirt too. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. So, um, <clears throat> you know, being there from the beginning, like, what do you think about the landscape of ukulele today? Online or just in general? 
Uh, both. Let's go with both. Well, <laughs> online, I think we have the double-edged sword of so many options now. I remember back in the day, it was Tropical Storm Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I remember finding that site for the first time. I was like, wow, somebody put these sheets here for me to learn from. And it was so great. But it was only like a thousand something songs that were on there. And it was all handmade stuff. It wasn't mm-hmm. much quality. And now you have so many different tab sites and so many different options. And everybody is just mm-hmm. like always kind of ADD going from one thing to the next, finding right, right. like, oh, I like this song better now. Oh, I like this song better now. Mm-hmm. And learning to play those things. And so I don't think if you're learning online, you don't need to have quite as much commitment maybe as you did in the past when when like YouTube was just becoming an idea. Like, hey, maybe I could learn to play ukulele on YouTube. <laughs> Which, you know, I know you jumped up to fill that gap but yeah, now well, there's so much there wasn't a lot of like video lessons back then and like and i think aaron just kind of um <clears throat> or or ryan was very into video uh the the other guy who started the site with us and um and aaron I, you know he was kind of uh, playing around with like making videos and whatnot so ryan's like hey you kind of start doing videos and you play ukulele why don't you guys do something it's like none of us were qualified to do any of this <laughs> but then <laughs> we're just like yeah you know what uh ryan sure why not we're not doing anything right now and 14 years 13 years later we're you know we're still doing this <laughs> we're still not qualified to do this still not qualified <laughs> <laughs> when can we be on the back of t-shirts Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you guys are too humble. I mean, really, really, the stuff that you put out is at the top, top tier of the quality. Oh, so. I don't know. I mean, we we just we just put out stuff that we like, and I mean, with from the very beginning, we've always had that kind of vibe of like how you would learn here in Hawaii. Like, if some someone were to you know, for I, I would ask somebody like, how do you play this song? They're like, oh, it's like this, this is the chord, and this is how you strum it, and whatever you know, like, but. We kind of wanted to take a step further. We're like, well, how do we really break it down so that people online can learn it? Because that's how you would learn it. But then a lot of people were like, well, you didn't really teach me the song. You just told me what chords it was, which is how we learned it, right? You right. know, we're just like, <laughs> like, how do you play that song? It was just CGD, and then that's it. They're like, oh, what do I do with that? You know? <laughs> or, um, you're yeah, lucky nowadays, if you get chord names. This one right here, yeah. this, this, I don't know what oh. this is. <laughs> well, but what is that name, Uncle? It's like, I don't know. You just play it. Uncle Minor 7. Why you got to know but, the name? Just hold them like that. Yeah. Just hold oh. them, just press. Just yes, press. press. Just, yeah, just, just press. Do this. Yeah, so, you know, we've always tried to just keep that same vibe and stuff, and I think people kind of like it. But now, like, you know, the, the videos people are putting out now is, uh, is even, you, you know, we, we thought, like we not, we need to kind of dig deep and we need to really explain which finger goes on what fret and stuff. Now people are like, like, oh, let's just learn another song in C or whatever so that everybody can play along, right? <laughs> like it's all about like inclusive and whatnot, which is, which is cool. But at the same time, you know, like I kind of want to see uh, more progression, you know, in the ukulele. And there are some people who are pushing it to, uh, you know, to new levels. But back then, really, it was like the Wild West and, you know, <laughs> totally. like, trying to find stuff online and trying to be inspired by, you know, like by Kuala players was, you know, slim pickings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Remember when the Jake video in Central yeah. Park was like still in high res and they hadn't downgraded the quality because <laughs> the time Ukulele went by? Disco. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. That was like, and it was, and like every, you know, everyone and their mothers like wanted to learn that song. So like, that's how like Dominic tabs became a thing because he was the only guy who had like you know like good enough tabs for that song man it was <laughs> taking me back where's the time machine Aaron I need to go back <laughs> <laughs> but um, so this uh, Thursday live lesson is basically a place where we you know answer any and all of your questions we can get questions from emails from phone calls from uh, haze on the street whatever you want to you know however you want to get your questions to us we are live so we do have a live chat if you have a question for us or for Brad or for anything like that, ask us in the live chat. And we'll answer it right away. So, Kahai, why don't you um you why don't you give us one of the questions that came in? Yeah, uh, one of the questions that we got was from Jamie, and uh, I kind of told him like it's kind of hard to know what problems you're having without seeing your hands. But he mm-hmm. said that he's having a problem with B seven, the B seven chord specifically. And he he said that I always get a bad tone on the E string. Either my middle finger is touching it or my bar shifts somehow and lets up on that E string, uh, losing the tone of the string. Any suggestions? So. Hmm. 
why don't we let our guests take a stab at that one? That one seems, to, you know, seems pretty <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so my first inclination, as far as examining where the problem is in any chord, is where your finger is in the fret. And I have my mic going here, so I don't know if I could make this work. <laughs> yeah, oh, there. But, <laughs> but when you're when you're fretting a note, you can play a lot of different places inside the fret. You can be down in the fret. You can be higher up in the fret. And usually, you get the the best tone for the the minimum amount of pressure if you play like two thirds up the fret. So if you're playing B7 and everything is slid way down in the fret, you're going to have to press a lot harder than you normally would if you were playing a little, little higher in the fret. And that's just because when you play higher in the fret, the break angle of the string is a little steeper across. So you don't have to press it down quite as much to make the string break across the fret. Whereas if it's far back, you have to push it way down because the break angle is shallower. Um, and then also with bar chords, the the next piece of the puzzle is really where your your knuckle lines are. I don't even know what, mm-hmm. what they're actually called. <laughs> but yeah. if you get if you get the string stuck in one of them, you're gonna kind of lose the string and you have to press a lot harder um, in that bit. So what you can try and do is move the finger towards the ceiling or down towards the floor and see if you can find a spot where the strings sit more naturally. And usually that will uh, address the problem, but really it's uh, it's good that you know that the E string is the problem because finding out which string is usually the first the first step because then you can a- address it. But but by using those those different um, tricks usually helps the problem. Um, anything to add? Yeah, you guys. That was, well, that was like- yeah. yeah. Wow, if that is not the best ad for Livery Ukulele I've ever heard, you guys are not, you guys are not racing off to go to liveukulele.com yet, you, sh- you should, because that is the best explanation I've ever heard. Um, uh, something to add is maybe the position in the backside also, you know, like some people kind of uh, pinch it right here, uh, where the thumb is kind of pointing up to the ceiling. Um, another way to approach it is is this, which is what, what we kind of tell people here, where, you know, your thumb is more uh, pointing towards your headstock than it is towards the ceiling because uh, you're kind of doing this um, seesaw with the, with the thumb and going uh, pushing forward and the pointer finger pushing kind of back here. So instead of doing this where um, you can kind of feel this part of your uh, this part of your hand getting kind of sore and it'll you know it'll create some problems later on. So if you kind of alleviate that pain by just taking the thumb and having it down that way instead so that'll be a little bit more comfortable and of course like we we want things to be as natural as possible so it's kind of like just when you close your fist you know you're not closing it this way with your with your thumb here and you're doing that so you're closing it like this so it's a little bit more of a natural grip having your thumb this way instead so uh just like brad said position on your pointer finger on you know on where the fret is then um you know checking each string just to see which, you know, where the problem is, where you already know is the, you know, is the E. So just kind of, um, just move it around a bit to see where, you know, where you can kind of fix the problem. Like he said, usually kind of closer to the, uh, to the fret wire on the front instead of the back fret wire. And you don't have to kind of like choke the, you know, choke the uke either. Like you just apply enough pressure so that, that you can hear the notes. You know, it doesn't have to be like held super duper tight. So it's going to cause problems later on too. But there, it's really mm-hmm. it. Just stuff in the back. Just where your positions are. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. to, um, oh, what you were talking about the knuckle line mm-hmm. on your finger. Mm-hmm. So that first kind of knuckle line. I usually like to put that between my C and E string. Mm-hmm. And that usually gets the best kind of, because like, I have kind of skinny fingers. There's not a lot of meat on it. <laughs> so, <Pony. laughs> so yeah, so if I if I position the knuckle right between the C and the E, that mm. it kind of gives me enough flesh to push down on the on the strings to bar it. But yeah. I mean, I've I I've, I've told that to people with kind of skinny fingers and they say that that works too. Mm. But for everybody else, it's it's kind of you just got to try it for yourself mm. and see what works for you. Does knuckle like roll off the string? That's why when you No, no, it's just that like see like I can I can pinch my finger <laughs> in that that area and it'll mm. it'll go down kind of a lot. Oh yeah. You know? So so if um if you position it where that is not on a string, your knuckle mm. isn't on a string, mm-hmm. it allows your finger to compress 
press and still be able to like give enough meat mm-hmm. to the <laughs> yeah because that's what i tell barring across the the strings that's what i tell people when they ask me like how do i do the e chord and stuff or like the ring finger using that that kind of first knuckle where the knuckle line goes yeah. on the e string and then kind of laying it uh kind of yeah, naturally yeah. on the c and g on top you know on top of that because that, yeah. that's where it bends so that's how you clear the a string from underneath so <laughs> kind of same thing i guess right yeah just using the the flesh between the knuckle, like mm-hmm. after the knuckle, to like push mm-hmm. down. But the knuckle itself doesn't really help mm-hmm. in the no, in no, the no. barring. Yeah, it yeah. kind of gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. The bye. the the way that Jamie too said, talked about his middle finger, like kind of causing problems for the E string, it made me mm-hmm. think that maybe he's using like trying to use the pad of his middle finger instead of more of the mm. the tip right mm. like and really mm-hmm. getting that arch over the e string so it's like mm. kind of dipping into that that e string a little bit so that's where it's like you just want to make sure that yeah it's and, and like you you did right you just pick each string to make sure it's clear but you mm. really want to make sure that that arch you don't have to go crazy but it's clearing the e string at least you know it's going like that and you're really using just the the tip of your your middle finger to push down on that that c string so yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay good good um do we have any other questions uh well we my chat yeah we we actually got a, a question um oh uh rob asks who made brad's ukulele ah yes <laughs> that's so what this i is, asked too <laughs> yeah this is a it's a more better by chuck moore down in um opikau of the puna district yeah it's spruce top it's gotten so dark over the years i can't even believe it it was i don't know it was like almost white when i first wow. got it and it's just oh. it's become like old old guitar dark and um yeah cutaway it's it's a pretty base basic model as far as what he does but plays great sounds great i just you know love it to pieces and feel mm-hmm. spoiled every time i play it <laughs> <laughs> yeah offset sound hole how old is that you uh it's a 2013 is when when he built it oh, snap. so it's we're what? we're doing doing our time for sure but she's holding up great <laughs> what pickup years? do you have in there i have the bags 5.0 oh okay yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that on the side you have some controls right so that's that's like my favorite reason for the offset sound hole otherwise like sound sound wise i'm not exactly sure uh, about the benefits or not but it allows you to have the little internal volume knob oh just very oh, and there's a accessible. sound port yeah so there's there's a sound port a, a side sound well. port oh that's what yeah. that is but the the offset sound hole makes it really easy to get to the the battery and to have the to- the volume control mm, yeah, right there. yeah oh nice so that's that cool. just fun- functionally. I, I like the offset sound hole just because it makes makes it so easy. Being a yeah. performing musician, it's like, oh, my battery's dead. I got to change it as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like <laughs> the worst thing. <laughs> rip, rip it out of there and it's a piece of cake. That's, yeah. prob- that's probably one of the best reasons we've heard for like that yeah. uh, offset and like the sound port and stuff. Because you like... Usually, you know, if we go to people who make ukuleles, they're like, oh, it, it definitely adds a difference or it makes it sound different. And we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can hear a difference. <laughs> it, sounds, yeah. it sounds okay, but like ukuleles with the center sound hole also sound pretty good, too. So, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, that, that functionality. Me? I don't I I have no idea. I think there's so many other so many other factors that it would be really hard to pin down. I definitely yeah. know that it makes it it makes the sounds louder up top mm. as far oh. as overall oh. overall sound quality. No idea. But I've I've been recording trying some video stuff and I've had the lavalier going on and I found that I can't record video with this one or my Blackbird, which also has the sound side sound port. And I had to go back to my old Kamaka because it doesn't. And that uh-huh. that let the sound balance a lot better because there wasn't as much coming up. Yeah, straight up to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Do, have you ever recorded with that? Like like C D record? With this one? With that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is I did I did my entire um well, ninety nine percent of my last album with this ukulele. Oh, nice. And then, uh, like, where do you mic it? Um, so, so for me, if if you're looking at the mic, sit, like sitting in a chair, if you're the player, I usually put it just like I don't know, thirty five degrees to the left and pointed mm-hmm. like right at where the neck meets the body le- mm-hmm. level. Oh, okay. Level with the instrument. Yeah. And it, it works for this one. Um, I mean, that's so subject subjective as well. But I use a Neumann. Um, KM one's one eighty four is the mic that I used, and um, that plus plus the DI plug got a pretty pretty decent tone, I think, for the album. And then you kind of blend blend the two. Yeah, you bring I I bring the um, 
the di down so it's a lot it's a lot less but it has it has a little bit of a warmth and a meatiness that the the mic doesn't have so yeah. i think it's best of both worlds to use both oh nice nice good approach to it do you uh, run any effects on it like for the for the album um just delay and reverb simple stuff yeah. and i mean main, mainly it's eq if you get your mm. eq right you can get away with murder really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah how do you usually eq um so i think every every track on the album except for maybe like a live one or something yeah a low low cut up to like 100 or 80 just because there's there's nothing down there for an ukulele mm-hmm. um, and then usually like 220 200 to 220 is kind of boomy on most most ukes i find and so i drop drop that down three three db or so mm-hmm. and then just a high shelf p- push the highs a little bit makes it sing oh. sing in the mix yeah. and um yeah beyond beyond that it's really kind of depends on the context mm. but yeah. Yeah. finding yeah. finding the honk is the most important thing especially <laughs> especially if you're trying to mix like a piezo pickup yeah yeah, like, yeah i've yeah, heard people definitely. like what's wrong with my recording it sounds terrible and you know, <laughs> it's like it's because you need like to take all your mids away <laughs> all of quack, all of the mids just need yeah. to go away <laughs> quack quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool dude so um you know uh, doing albums and stuff uh, you also mentioned you you went to Germany. Uh, yeah. Where else have you? Uh, where else have you gone? Where else have you played? Um, as far as playing, I did a little mini tour of the Seattle area a handful cool. of years ago, and just did some workshops. And um, I actually played at the Seattle Folk Folk Festival. Oh, nice! Which is pretty cool. They had like That's a. Huge, um, it was actually uh, Neil Neil Chin put together the ukulele showcase. Oh, yeah. cool! And so I I played at that, and that was that was great. I was wasn't sure what to expect, but they put me in a huge huge big like um mm-hmm. convention hall <laughs> super reverby but somehow it sounded great <laughs> and everybody was stoked my grandma came up and it's it's good fun Aww, uh, awesome. but i mean to be honest i haven't been around that much I mean, i go mm-hmm. i have been going to maui once a year for uncle george's mm-hmm. workshop and i just did did the workshop in germany because i was there and i knew knew somebody who could hook it up but otherwise i mean i stayed pretty close to home that's cool mm-hmm. man that's cool yeah. so um <clears throat> do you have do we have any other questions guy yeah uh we have a um josh asked uh okay. how important are fingernails long versus short mm. um yeah let's let our let's let our guest lead again and then we'll talk <laughs> about what do we think afterwards this is nice well, we got an expert in the house that's why you know let the expert talk oh well, i think we have several experts to be honest <laughs> but thank, thank you um left hand nail should be short i i've seen people who say like oh i want to keep my nails mostly mostly women i want to keep my nails but i want to play ukulele it's like that's a problem you gotta have short nails on the left hand in my opinion and right hand it kind of depends on the sound you want i think that for like jazz and more mellow finger style stuff you can get away with just just the pads of your fingers if you want a little more articulation and kind of that bright bright snappy contemporary ukulele sound you're probably going to want a little bit of fingernail action going on and for me, for me personally, I I only do my thumb, index finger, and middle, and that's sufficient. I could I could do could do my ring, but I don't really use it that much. So it kind of depends on your style, what you need. I started out with just just a thumbnail. Okay, yeah. Well, for uh, for me, it's actually the opposite. Like um, I like to keep. Well, I mean, other than my thumb, I like to keep my ring in my my pinky finger kind of long because I do a lot of those like rolling mosquitoes and stuff. Huh. So when I, when I strum and I, I want to keep my pointer finger long, but then I, uh, I just wear it down doing like a, a lot of <laughs> strums. So it just doesn't work. But you know, during this quarantine, I've actually like managed to make that oh. longer than usual oh, wow. because I'm not like gigging anymore. It's just not breaking. But um, once I start gigging again, it's guaranteed just going to go back. So I just, I can't keep them that long. Um, middle, I, I try to because uh, I like that kind of thumb middle uh, middle finger kind of picking and stuff. But as far as tone goes, the longer your nail is, um, the brighter that tone is going to be. So if you like that kind of bright tone, because uh, when you you know when you think about it, the longer the nail is, the the more nail is going to uh, going to hit the string rather than kind of uh, flesh. You know, so if you keep it at you know i like to keep my thumb a lot of people think that my thumb is super duper long but it's actually not that long because no. um <laughs> i like to kind of hit it with the uh, w- with the flesh first and then finish off with the nail right at the end so you get this kind of density from the uh, from the flesh and you get uh it's you get the warmness from it but a nice bright attack you know that goes you know goes with it so you, you get you get kind of a more rounder tone than just 
pure nail because a pure nail you can you can hear it and it's just kind of very very articulate very bright and stuff but it's a little too bright for me because the ukulele is already a naturally bright instrument so just making you know hitting it with the nails especially you know if you're, if you're gonna hit it with all five of your fingers super duper long and you're doing these like strums and stuff it's gonna be clackety clack everywhere you know you don't want that either so for me, it's just it's it's finding a nice balance between long and and and, and short because uh, uh there are like some kind of mellower tunes that I like to play and I definitely go from uh, I, I switch up the the attack to a little bit more this way so that I can get more flesh and it I get a better tone that way as well. So if my nails were too long, regardless of what uh what angle I do the attack, it's gonna be more on the bright side. So I, I like to. I like to have a more mellower tone sometimes. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? Um, for me, it doesn't matter because I only strum, <laughs> really. <laughs> so yeah, so I I keep my pointer finger like a little bit long, mm. but then um, it's mostly because I use like that that finger, the Alaska pick for mm. playing guitar. But the rest of it, uh, I'll keep it like slightly long and then short on definitely short on the mm. fretting hand. Mm. But um, yeah, other than that, just whatever whatever you think your sound needs that's probably what you yeah. should do yes. you know very important and then um yeah it's it's kind of just a personal choice um and then and then as far as keeping like you you also want to try to make sure that there are no rough edges um sometimes mm. you'll get nicks and stuff in your on your fingernails and that can add to that kind of that clackety sound that you were talking about Mm. So definitely keep keep them uh, trimmed and kind of filed if you can. Um, I know some some ukulele players just swear by only filing, and then mm. and that makes sense too. But uh, I usually just trim and then file down um, just to yeah. make sure and keep that in check. Yeah, me too. A lot of people. I mean, it's like one of my students, Suki. Actually, she's like she swears by just the filing, and she tells yeah. she tells people that I told her that. I'm like, no, not all file. You just gotta finish it up with the file. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Tell people I said that. You know, because because uh, <laughs> you can cut it like just so that you get the right length that you want, and then shape it with the uh, with the file. That's what I've always kind of done. Uh-huh. You know, because uh, you just I don't know when you when you cut it with the with the nail cutter, it's just that rough edge and. I like to smooth that out. Yeah. Well, you could hide. Yeah. <laughs> I always think it's funny when people like send us messages and they're like, how do I grow or I can't grow nails? Like, does that mean that I can't play ukulele? And I, I laugh because I'm like, uh, well, I, I haven't had nails since, I don't know, like since forever, <laughs> since Ever. I can remember. <laughs> like, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty chronic, like, I'm really bad at biting my nails and I've <laughs> always had my nails super sharp because of that. But then I've always played ukulele anyways, you know, and uh-huh. I don't think it nails definitely do help with your tone and they help with techniques and stuff. But it's not necessarily like a be all end all and it shouldn't yeah. stop you from playing and enjoying your uke either way. You know, it's like it might mm-hmm. you might not you might have to adjust your technique or you might have to change your playing a little bit, but you can still have fun without nails and you can still like do a lot of stuff too. I think we were talking yeah. about Imua, right? Imua doesn't really have nails either and he's a fantastic Google player. So mm. yeah, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. doesn't really stop it. I was, I was going to talk about uh, Abe because we, we were just talking about Abe uh, last, last week or two weeks ago and stuff. And that guy has <laughs> no nails and he's jamming it up with the best of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you can definitely still be a yeah. professional musician, <laughs> he's, a professional yeah, ukulele he's... player, and not have like very long nails. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, okay, next... although a lot of them do. Yeah. Yes, a lo- yeah, a lot of professional. It helps. Ukulele it definitely players. helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like like you and Brad, right? Like you both have different lengths and different preferences for mm-hmm. what you want, and I think that's what a lot of people too. Like, you need to find what's going to work for yourself. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, just take, like, somebody's word and say, like, oh, grow out your nail, do this much inches. It's like, you really got to figure out what works for you, what what's going to make you a better player. So, yeah. Uh, Cameron asked, how do I, I get that Canadian folky sound? I recently used the, the Canadian tuning, you know, tuning up two steps. Uh so I get a, a more melodic t- tone, but what are some techniques I can use to get that 
uh, traditional tone. Yeah, we couldn't have had a better guess. Uh, maybe James Hill, <laughs> you know, like, someone. <laughs> <laughs> but someone who studied under James Hill is in this room. So why don't you take it away, Brad? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm any kind of qualified to speak on the Canadian sound. I have spent a lot of time with James. I picked up as much as I can, but I definitely don't consider myself like one of his um, style wise. I just never even tried to figure out what he <laughs> um, Alien language, man. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. Um, really, I mean, you. There's there's opportunities to learn with the man himself. Um, that would be my first recommendation. Is you know check check out some of his his work and some of his courses. They're they're great. He does a good job teaching that style and that sound. And I believe he has it available for both uh, standard tuning and the English uh, A whatever whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. D D six. <laughs> um, but as as far as like what I might do to try and rip off that sort of style would be to try and play open chords. What I mean by that is voicings that span many frets. So for instance, you could just play normal C and that would be fine. Or you could even play uh, like this C. This would be maybe a more folky sounding option is if you were to play like zero, zero, three, seven um, for your C, that that creates just a little bit more of a, a wide mandolin-y kind of sound. I don't know, does that come through on the mic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for maybe G's, you could play zero, two, three, five. And just by by getting that extra note up higher than the the chord you you're used to, um, a lot of times you can kind of get that little bit more singing singing sort of sound. But other than that, I really don't have a lot to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea how James Hill gets that very um, you know mandolin banjoey you know sometimes even kind of tone with a low G because like uh, banjoey sounds like it could be done you know but with with, with the uh, with the reentrance string. But w watching him play with that low G and still still doing those kind of licks and stuff has, has always like boggled my mind <laughs> like i don't know how you would do that but um my advice would be to take a look at you know some like mandolin techniques um and some like banjo techniques and stuff like that just because those are what you would um you know what you would think of when you think of folk music you know so just think uh, just listen to a lot of folk and trying to like emulate some of the stuff that they do and some of the voicings that they uh you know that that they have um, if if it's available to you, I would pick up the mandolin and then like just kind of learn how that instrument works and see what kind of techniques and voicings you can carry over to your ukulele. But yeah, definitely what Brad said, you know, with um, try finding new voicings of a you know of a chord that you already know, but just uh, have um, have a very uh, big range as far as like the the low open G to like the high E that you have on your A. That range is going to give you a nice folky sound. What, what about you, Aaron? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have no idea how he does any of that stuff. So, but I, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's really everything that he does all yeah. put together. Yeah. But I, I would imagine that a lot of it has to do, like, I, I'm thinking that what you're asking has to do with the way that he strums mm. to kind of mm. get get that, and then the way that he finger picks. Yeah, yeah, he does a, a great job of kind of blending the two or m mixing them, like, you know, alternating between them. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm thinking that it probably has to do with that. And and that just get that it just goes down to like getting comfortable with doing both of those things separately and then being able to kind of morph in between them. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing just kind of practice that. Listen to a lot of uh, the type of music that you're trying to emulate and then imagine in your mind how you would recreate that sound mm -hmm. using your, your own instrument. And that's how we, we like all of us, kind of learn how to play music um, yeah. because we didn't have access to video. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, we were just imagining what they were doing and then trying to recreate it and coming yeah. up with new um, ways to do things. Um, and that's how like a lot of ukulele techniques have been innovated. Um, trying to recreate sounds from other instruments or recreate sounds from the ukulele but yeah just doing it in your own way so so yeah try it out and listen like i think that's one of the underappreciated um kind of skills of a musician is being able to listen to music um intently and then being able to recreate things using your instrument yeah uh 
yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just you gotta be James Hill. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much. Grow and, another set of arms, and then you can play. Uh, <laughs> be able to hold things and tap on your ukulele at the same time. <laughs> you record like a, a funk album, and then do all these other learn how to play a bunch of other instruments and then maybe you'll sound like him yeah i, I have no idea yeah, yeah. Hey, oh uh, go ahead no, he plays fiddle just as well as he plays ukulele yeah it's crazy. yeah it's yeah. not fair is what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i, I always love other instruments yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always love telling the story of like um aaron picking me up to we went like record shopping around the island and then he put in James's CD, like funk CD. <laughs> and it's like, wait, this is James? He's like, yeah. And on every instrument, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that is, oh, that is so good. Yeah. Too, too much in one person. I don't know how he does it all. Yeah. Let me share this one story. We were in, uh, in Reno, uh, for the Reno Ukulele Festival together. And, um, it's one of the first times that I've actually shared the bill with, uh, with, with, with James. And I'm like, dude, you know, I really love the way that you played, uh, Little Wing. And it was one of the first times I played Little Wing, you know, on stage. So I'm like, I have to play that, you know, I have to play that with you. Could you come down, you know, can you come on my set, play Little Wing with me? And it will get all these other, like, ukulele players as well. So we had Mike Powers and we had Brittany Paiva, like, join in, um, you know, on, on that song. And, you know, I wanted him to kind of, like, play what, what he did on the album. But he's like, okay, cool. Do you mind if I use, like, my, my slide ukulele? I was, I was like, I, I guess, you know, like, that's <laughs> not what I wanted, but I, I guess you could do that. You're James Bell, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. want. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but that's, that's cool, I guess. But, like, when, you know, when, when we started kind of just going over and practicing it and he started doing that, I'm like, dude, how is, how is this any fair? Like, how are you that good on, like, on a slide ukulele? <laughs> It was it was insane. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're, you're because no one is good at a slide ukulele, <laughs> <laughs> but then James Hill is apparently. <laughs> he was so good. Yeah, we have to link that video because there's um, yeah, someone took yeah. video of that. And yeah, the... played it. I'm just like, this is insane. Like, how are you? What? <laughs> yeah. I, I I think too what Aaron said. Like, it, and that is like how we all learn, right? Like, we listen to music that we liked, and then we just try to recreate what the musicians are doing or what they sound like, you know, with what we think in our heads. Um, like definitely listen to James and listen to like that tone or that sound that he wants to try and get. But maybe I, I kind of feel like maybe James listened to like a whole bunch of music, you know, and he didn't, didn't just like li limit himself to ukulele or limit himself to, okay, this is what I have to sound like. So that's probably why he does all the things that he does and things that were like, how did you even come up with that? How did you think of doing that? It's because you listen to like, you know, whatever, like just listen to whatever you can get your hands on almost. It's good to like have all these different resources, you know, or be from another planet, man. That guy is pretty much. It should be illegal to be that good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Citations should should be given. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, uh, I I cite the um the, the movie Crossroads all the time with you know with uh, with Ralph Macchio. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what what I I envisioned it as like when he was doing his slide thing because you know Ralph Macchio was playing the the slide guitar in the end when they're doing the battle with Steve Vai and stuff. But it was, uh, I think it was Ray Ray Cooter that was um, mm -hmm. that was playing that slide, you know, slide guitar. But that's that's what I was envisioning in my mind: cutting heads with James Hill on stage, and it's like this is a, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing with James Hill right now on stage. Yeah, yeah. Did, he, out. <laughs> did he take off his slide and also start playing classical music too? And then it's just like, okay, I'm sure he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could. Was, yeah, he's too good. Fanboy out. Still, still a huge fanboy of James Hill. All right, next up. Um, yeah. So, uh, Pete, it, it's kind of funny because uh, Pete said, uh, "This is how I feel when I play along with the uh, Aloha Friday Jam," <laughs> and he sent a video of like people trying to run down a hill, and they kind of like they're running okay at first, but then they trip, and then you just see them tumble all the way down the hill, right? <laughs> so he's like, uh, and then he's like, "I'm a pretty raw beginner. Been playing for almost two months." Uh, but on a fun song like Drop Baby Drop, for example, I start out fine and the chord changes aren't a huge issue, but eventually things start to go sideways.
sideways and I feel like I'm banging around on my u- uke like a gorilla. Any advice on how I can better stay in control? Okay, since they're talking about low Friday Life Jam, I'll, I'll answer this one first. So as far as the low Friday Life Jam goes, because it goes kind of fast, you know, like if you would call it a tutorial, like for, you know, for the song that we're about to jam is, is really super duper fast. Like, I'm just like, oh, here's the chords. Here's kind of how you play those chords. All right, everybody, let's go. And the chords are in front of you, you know. So if the chords are not a problem, um, I would kind of suggest not focusing on, you know, uh, here's the dirty word nowadays, which is like strumming pattern, you know, like we've it's become kind of a dirty word because uh, if you focus on the, the pattern, then that's kind of, you know, it's like you're chasing after a wheel of cheese. I saw the video. It's like guys running down the hill trying to chase a wheel of cheese. It's kind of like you're chasing a wheel of cheese because if you start to think about where you are in the pattern, that's it. You're done. You know, like it's it, you're, you're going to be lost already. But if you think of it. As, uh, as 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 the rhythm or a groove, you know, it's it's kind of easier to find a groove if you know if if you lose it. So if you're going downhill and stuff, if you just kind of stop for a second, but your left hand st- is still kind of following the chords, getting you know getting back into the groove by just finding the down you know the down beats and uh, and and coming from from there. Just you know, if you're ever lost, if you are doing the fancy schmancy you know um, rolls with the chunks and with the whatevers. Um, if you get lost doing that, you know, go back to the to the basics of just kind of strumming down strums and finding the groove again. Once you find a groove, then you can kind of start to add the ups, start to add the chunks and the rolls and stuff. But don't think of uh, of you know of, of rhythm as kind of a set in stone pattern because a pat- that pattern can change at any time. Just like with a you know with with a drum beat, I always kind of make comparisons to my right hand as you know as kind of the drummer of my ukulele. Because um the the drum beat, although it's pretty steady, you know, throughout the uh you know throughout the groove, when there's you know when there's room for it, if it calls it, it's gonna do that. There's always all these different um, rhythms that is it's gonna it's gonna come up with, and uh, it's it's not necessarily just the same thing over and over. So same thing with strumming patterns, not the same pattern over and over. You can change it up as long as you're following the groove, as long as you're still in rhythm. It should be fine. So I think that's that's what you need to keep in mind. That if you ever get lost, if you ever feel like you're running down the hill trying to catch up with what you know what you are doing, take it back. You know, take a step back and take take it back to the beginning. Take it back to the to the basics of just down, 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 down. Find the tempo, find the groove, and then you can kind of go back from there. So yeah, let's, let's now go back to Brad. <laughs> well, I think you nailed it with just muting muting with your left hand. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the the root of everything. Like you said, mm-hmm. is is the rhythm it's completely the fundamental and if it's not groovy there's kind of no yeah. no point <laughs> so if you can if you can break down what you're doing if what you're doing currently is like too overwhelming you just do do less and you focus on just your right hand it's like okay i'm mm-hmm. just gonna find the groove and groove with my right hand that's great and if that becomes second nature then you can probably stop thinking about this a little bit and bring in uh the left hand and work on the chords and if the chords are too fast play just like the first chord of the progression and you know really get into it on that one chord and then go back to muting and and sort of fill in the fill in the blanks that way and in that you're taking away the material that is overwhelming you at the time and you can kind of succeed at a lower level that's closer to your skill and you know you kind of fine-tune the the challenge that you're giving yourself just in that way because you don't you don't always have to do everything all the time <laughs> yeah. anything gary um yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> good answer. i always kind of i concur I, yeah <laughs> i always what tell Brad people said. that <laughs> pretty much ditto <laughs> but like the um i i always tell people to go back to like the shaker because that's mm. basically what strumming is, is is you know keeping your rhythm with with a shaker if you can do that then um that's that's it right <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so yeah, just um, think of it, think of your right hand like you have a shaker in your hand and you're just trying to keep rhythm. And if you can make the shaker sound good, you can probably make your strumming sound pretty good to match, match the song. Yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of talking to somebody um, who had kind of a similar problem. Like they were saying, oh, I can't like, you know, play along and sing and do all these things at the same time. Like, isn't that what I'm just supposed to be trying to do? And I kind of told him, like, it seems counterintuitive where it's like when you watch people play music, right? You think like, oh, they're 
in control of the music and they're thinking about everything they want to be doing and they know exactly what they should be doing and everything but really like i think when you get better as a musician you're actually minimizing the amount of thinking that you're doing because the more that you think the more that it kind of like stutters or there's delay between your brain and your hands and stuff and i that's for me that's like what causes when i'm like oh no i'm losing grip on the wheel and everything is going crazy <laughs> like i'm starting to roll down that hill is like when i start to think about like oh isn't it supposed to be this chord or isn't it supposed to be this like technique that i'm doing and then like i'm not yeah i start to like think more so my hands like aren't in time anymore and i think that's really what causes it so uh mm-hmm. like ma- when easing it up or making it easier is taking less of that focus on you you know and it's just building it up until you can do like you know more complex chords or more complex um you know strumming patterns quote unquote mm-hmm. like uh, without really thinking about it so that's yeah that's pretty much it like if you're playing along and you're stumbling, it's probably because you're like thinking about what you should be doing or you're thinking about like, oh, this is going to be coming up next or whatever. And maybe just like take a breath and then like relax a little bit and, you know, get recentered and you'll probably find it, it gets easier. You'll also probably find it's much more fun, you know, like if you don't mm-hmm. put so much pressure on yourself. I mean, like, Aloha Friday Live Jam is is exactly that. It's just supposed to be fun, you know. Um, so if if it's starting to get stressful, you're like, oh, I can't, I can't keep up and whatnot. Like you don't, like what Brad said, you don't have to do everything. Just do downstrums, and and you can you can always do that. We've we always uh, start out the song that way too. You know, it's like you can uh, you can either take it easy, just kind of do you know, just follow the groove by just doing some downstrums or down up down up, or you can do a more syncopated strum, and then you know we kind of explain that. So if you ever find yourself getting lost or, or falling down the hill, just revert back to just doing, you know, doing the quarter notes even if, if you want to take it that easy. Yeah. yeah, I I think like and I think people are so enthusiastic about getting to the point where they can play like the person they see or play along exactly to the song that they're just like, I'm, I'm trying to do that now. Right. <laughs> but it's like yeah. we always said, like beginner isn't a dirty word and going back to yeah. like the it's better to go back and go back to that you know point where it's really easy for you to do and you're having fun and you can do along to it than to yeah. just like try to i'm gonna run to try and keep up with everybody but i keep yeah. stumbling and falling is like yeah that doesn't sound very fun that sounds like you're kind of fighting the whole time when it should yeah. be like a fun experience yeah yeah, it should be about the journey, it should be about, you know, like, and you don't get to that level, like, just kind of overnight, especially if you're a beginner, you know, beginner is not a dirty word and stuff like, like, Brad's you doesn't get that, doesn't get that dark by itself, you know, like, he just, he played, he played it a lot, and he practiced a lot, and now he's at the level that he's, you know, that he's at. So, you know, it, it, there's really no shame in like, okay, well, I got lost, so I'm just going to try to, like, pick it back up from here. Instead of like, oh, I got lost. Oh, where was I? I need to, oh, picking is coming up and whatever, you know, like just instead of stressing out about it, just take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's a, there's a, an article that you wrote, Brad, on your website. And it was like a long, long time ago, but it had some, like, I, I still like forward it to people who ask about certain people talk about like UAS and um, people talk about like, oh, I don't sound just like Jake, you know, or they (laughs) they want to do stuff that's a little bit beyond. But I keep like I often forward this this um, article and it's just something that you wrote. It was like it had something to do with like tone. I don't know if you remember it is like like it's in your fingers and like something about you trying. um, I think it was Herb. Was it Herb over the juniors ukulele? And it like you play it you played his ukulele and it sounded like you or something like that it <laughs> it had something to do with that like could could you talk about that because it was like it's something that i still like you know I'll, I'll try to find it and then i'll forward it to people to this day yeah i mean the bottom line is that when you play an instrument you are imprinting your fingerprint on the music mm-hmm. and that i mean i i I feel I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I'm I'm happy to tell people that that's just the way it is, is that when you pick up an instrument and you play something, you're going to sound like you, period, end of story. Of course, you can kind of study and practice sounding like somebody else. And as as you improve along the path and listen to different people and find different inspirations, you're going to pull some of that in. 
and you know kind of change your sound and it's going to evolve and you might for a one year you're going to sound more like this guy because you're listening to a lot of his stuff and you know trying trying to emulate that sound which is just a process of learning but at the end of the day when you pick up any an ukulele any ukulele it's going to sound like you and i've i've played you know just along the way a lot of greats ukuleles uh, like the actual musician greats. And, you know, I pick it up. It's like, oh, wow, it's Uncle Led's ukulele or, oh, wow, it's James's <laughs> ukulele or, oh, wow, it's Herb's ukulele. And it's always just like, oh, well, still sound like me. <laughs> and and it's not, I know it's not just me because I've seen these guys swap instruments around and they still sound like them. Like uh-huh. um, I remember one workshop that is just kind of kicking kicking around in the, the parlor area of the, the house we were doing the workshop in. And James was there hanging out and there were a, a bunch of student ukuleles on the side. They were like Makala, early, early stage, low quality control, bad beginner ukuleles. And he picked it up and he sounded like James <laughs> on this, this little teeny tiny ukulele that you'd never think to see James playing. And there he was and he sounded just like him. I mean, it wasn't exactly the same because it's a different style instrument, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, it's James playing. And so I think I think that it's easy for people to get caught up in, oh, maybe another ukulele will help me sound better or different or new strings or this gear and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And really, at the end of the day, the best thing you can do for your sound is to practice and practice intentionally with, I want to sound better. What do I do to improve my tone as a player instead of looking for it in the instrument? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. That, yeah. Perfect. It, well said. It totally sounds like things that we get asked or like, you know, everybody asks, oh, what strings are you guys using? Because it sounds so good. But it's like, well, that's not necessarily the best strings for you. You know, you got to figure that out. So it, it really does come back to you have to just figure out what you want to sound like, you know, and work at it. Yeah. And that's that's not to say that like a good instrument or good strings aren't super important because mm-hmm. they are absolutely. Mm-hmm. But on, on the scale of things, once you get to a certain point, you know, a new ukulele, if, if you're a beginner, a new ukulele or, a you know, $2,000 ukulele isn't necessarily going to make you not a beginner or make you sound like you're not a beginner. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, that nice ukulele might inspire you to play better. It might, you know, increase mm-hmm. the, the ceiling of your potential because it has the ability to make a better sound probably than a student model. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, most most of the sound comes from the player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I think that's a, it's a great place to kind of put a pin on there. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for, uh, <laughs> for coming in and, you know, thank sharing you your wisdom, mm-hmm. man. Thank you so much. So uh, tell the audience where they can find you or, you know, where they can uh, kind of look more of yourself. Yeah, so my main home on the web is liveukulele.com. I've got free lessons and tabs and song sheets and chord charts and all that along with my premium ebooks where i put you know the most the most time and effort i've got a couple new ones that i'm excited about um about right hand technique and left hand technique and just real deep encyclopedia like guides to what you need to do to improve uh, upon your fundamentals and improve your tone and yeah i'm also on youtube and i try and do the social media thing though that's not quite so much my jam but (laughs) liveukulele.com is the main place uh where can they uh, download your albums or or buy them or anything like that the albums are all on Bandcamp. you just search search brad bordessa you can hear the albums and I've got one that's an EP of original instrumentals and one that's a little bit more folk rock mainstream, but with ukulele in context. Right People don't like that one as much. I was like, oh, I put my heart and soul into this one. This is, this is supposed to be the one you like. <laughs> well, we'll tell all our members, get this one and make sure to give it a <laughs> high a rating. One. Yeah. <laughs> Right on that thing. So yeah, I mean, so like he he came in clutch, kind of last minute because I just asked him this morning. So thank you so much, Brad. For, uh, yeah, thank for you showing, guys <laughs> for showing up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you you do a podcast as well. So where can they find your pod? Um, it's it's not nearly as nice or organized or scheduled steady <laughs> as as yours. Um, but just during the quarantine, I've been interviewing some of my ukulele friends and putting it up on my YouTube channel. So those can all be found there. If you look, I think I think actually my channel's under Brad Bordessa the Faith. Right on, yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for Thursday live lesson. We see you folks next time. Have a great one and aloha.